again, I haven't said this in a while, the word of God does not need to be in our heads. It needs to be in our hearts and in our spirit. So it is with that that we say, this book is my all-sufficient guide for faith and conduct. Convinced living water changes everything one life at a time. Hallelujah. I want to take to you this I want to take you this morning to a passage of scripture that won't be hard to find. It's the book of Jude. It is the one right before the last book in the Bible, Revelation. In this short book, it has some incredible, powerful things to say about us and about us, how we are to conduct ourselves in a world filled with trouble. Now, we all know right now that our world is filled with trouble. How many of you know that, that if you look around, it doesn't take long to know that we're in trouble. But you know what I have found? That the world has been in trouble many times. That, that, and what we really don't know is the day or the hour in which our Lord will come. We know that the season's coming, but we still do not know it's, how far is it going to go until he says enough. But what is it that we are to do? Because sometimes we can get so out of focus that we forget about what God intends for us to do until he comes. This is one of the most powerful scriptures because we are going to talk about one of our core values again at North Lake Church. And if you don't have one of these, I invite you to the Connection Center as your way out the door. If you want, you can slip out and get one now and enlist our core values on here. And one of those is the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about specifically this morning to you the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about who He is. I want to talk about how awesome it is when we're in walking linked together with Him. Now, we say the Holy Spirit, and sometimes we use that term and we wonder, well, who is he? Let me be clear. The Holy Spirit is God. Jesus Christ is God. And God the Father is God. The scripture is clear. The three are one. But it is also very clear that all three of them, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, have different uh, uh, workings and different authority that God has established. Amen? So we're going to look at that as we look at this uh, scripture verse this morning, and we're really talking about praying in the Spirit's power. Now, I... As we get ready, before I read the scripture, I want to just take a moment and say, uh, we are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the working of the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gift of tongues with the Spirit. But please understand that the gift of tongues was never meant to be an end-all of the Spirit. It is something also, when we think of the gift of tongues, Oftentimes, we think of maybe the Spirit moving in a corporate sense, which is awesome. 
But do you know there ought to be more happening in the Holy Spirit and in your prayer language, in your closet, than ever done in public? This is the most powerful gift God's given us. And so as we look at this, again, I encourage you, if you're here and this is a little unfamiliar territory, those books I mentioned in 1 Corinthians, chapters 12, 13, and 14, will be crucial for you to look at as we go through this passage of Scripture. We're going to be reading from verse number 20 through verse number 25. Jude, verse number 20 through 25. But you, beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life, and have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. What an exclamation point that Jude puts on the end here. If there be any doubt whether God is or can or will fulfill this promise. (laughs) So we're going to look at these things this morning, and really we're going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about our person, ourselves. We're going to talk about our ministry. And we're going to talk about our guarantee. The first thing is our person. And I, I want to be specific as I, as I talk about this. I'm going to flip back to, for a minute before we move on. And this says, building yourselves up. Now, uh, I did not read the, the prior verses to you in Jude, but this book is specifically dealing with people that are not of the Spirit of God. It's dealing with things that are not godly. It's dealing with people that are not coming in the spirit of God, but in the spirit of the world and in the spirit of self. And there's a quite a huge contrast that he makes now starting at verse number 20 because up from verse 1 to 19, he's been talking about all the things that will be happening that shouldn't be because they're void of God's Spirit. But then he says, but you, beloved. First of all, may I say that term beloved means those who are God's. 
so I understand that we're speaking to you who have called on Jesus and know who he is. He's saying, you build yourself up. And this is one of the things that I want to talk to you about first, that there is a point of this, that if we don't grasp our maturing and our building up in Christ, we'll never reach what God's desire is. We see and have seen all throughout the church's history carnal living Christians. Christians, and I am not here, none of us can determine who is saved and who is not. That's the Holy Spirit and God. Now, we can look at the fruit and we can have a good idea of where they're headed, but we cannot make that determination. But I'm telling you, in the church of Jesus Christ as a whole, there have been many times where we look, and this is what frustrates the world. This is what frustrates those who, who aren't following Christ. They look and they say, there's no difference. You're as carnal as I am. You do the exact same things that I do. And in this scripture, God is saying that ought not be so, beloved. There ought to be a marked difference. May I tell you that difference is only the Spirit of God. It cannot be religion. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Religion will kill you. Jesus Christ will give you life. And so as we look at this, we understand that Jesus, or that, that, that the writer of Jude is saying, there ought to be a difference if in fact the Spirit of Jesus, His Holy Spirit is in you. That's the first thing that we need to understand. And we talked about praying in the Holy Spirit because listen to what this says. It says, you building yourself up, what? On your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God. Now, I will tell you, the Word of God is awesome, and the Word of God sustains you. Going to church and being with other believers is fantastic, but I do not believe that it is by coincidence that the writer here put in the middle of those two for us to pray, not with our natural understanding, but in the Spirit. Now, if you are a little unfamiliar with tongues... It does not, just when you receive your tongue from the Lord, it does not mean that God's going to make you stand up in front of everybody and automatically be one who gives a tongue in the service. If God moves on you, you'll know it, and you won't be afraid because God will give you peace. But understand, that is such a small sliver of the Holy Spirit and such a small sliver of praying in tongues. We even in our own fellowship have gotten out of kilter at times on this, emphasizing the, the working of the tongue among the corporate body rather than Paul who said, I pray in tongues more than any of you. So we need to grab a hold of the fact that there's power in the Spirit of God. 
That's how God has established it. And I want to encourage you, if you're here and you're wanting to build yourself up, the Word of God is great, other people are great, retreats are great, we do all of them, but I tell you there's something powerful about praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in that gift that God has given you. Why? Because it's about building and maturing as a believer. Now, these scriptures that I've listed for you, write down. The one in John is about the Holy Spirit and his work. Here is the awesome thing. The Holy Spirit takes directly from Jesus and makes it known to you. Hallelujah! He takes directly, in fact, in that scripture in John, it says he will speak of nothing else except what is from Jesus and make it known to you. And then, I want you to turn to this one because it's important. Romans chapter 8. Verse 26 and 27. Why is it important? Why do you think that if you're going to be in the holy faith and have the love of God, that praying in the Spirit is important? This is why. It says in verse 26 of Roman 8, Romans 8, And in the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts and knows the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Praise the Lord. There is nothing more powerful than you can do than praying in the will of God. And when you pray in the Spirit, you are having the Spirit intercede in accordance with the will of God. That's powerful. If you're in a spot where you're saying, I would desire even a deeper walk, I encourage you, don't just get thinking that tongues is all about to be seen. There is a lot more, much more. The depth is at the times where no one else hears you but God. And God, by His Spirit, intercedes according to His will. That's powerful. That's where Paul says, I pray, 1 Corinthians, I didn't write this one down, but get it. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I pray more in tongues than all of you. Now, for you to get a perspective on that, this is the, the, the chapter where Paul is addressing young Christians who are out of control with their gift of tongues. He's literally addressing, look, when you come together corporately, if all you do is stand up and babble without any order, no one is edified. It, it doesn't help anyone. But if... You're there, and it's by the power of God, and there is order. It's powerful to the point where it will draw the unsaved, and they will say, God is among you. Hallelujah. 
So this is why we need to understand that this praying in the Holy Spirit is huge. And it's the first thing that he talks about. There ought to be a marked difference. In fact, if uh, you look at 19 as you're going into uh, verse 20 of Jude, it talks about those who are devoid of the Spirit. And then it says, not so with you. You have the Spirit of God. And that is a marked difference. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I did put it up there for you. (laughs) All right. This is a fun slide because some of you are going to know exactly what this is. Other you are scratching your head. But the fact is, is God has given us a clear mission of what we are to do until he comes. And we are not to be distracted. I know that there are lots of things happening in the world today. And there's lots of reasons to pray. But there's nothing more important to the heart of God than people being saved. That is the purpose of the church until he comes. That they be saved and that they would be built up and they themselves would become Christ followers. And so in this next uh, passage in in 22 and 23, we have clearly what the uh, Jude is writing about is our ministry. Don't get sidetracked. God still has a purpose for his church. And in the midst of these that are doing all this harm and all of this, the church is still to be called the church. I don't know how much longer the Lord will tarry, but I know this, I'm believing God for a harvest. I'm believing God for ones who will come to him. And that means we need to be about God's mission. That means that we need to be focused on him. So then he says, there are three types of things that we are involved in in ministry. And I want to say again, as we look at ministry, if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, if we think that we're going to accomplish the mission of God without the Spirit, we're out of our minds. We cannot accomplish what God has called us to without the Spirit of God. We better be praying in the Spirit because we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are fighting against principalities that rule the air and they need to be brought down by the Spirit of God. And so as we look at this, there's three types of of, uh, different people that Jude mentions the first one is the one that is simply doubting in verse 22. There's the person that's doubting. That's a person that just needs to be directed. They need help. They need Jesus. They may be good people. They may not be in any what we would call in this life eminent danger. I had one of those friends. Praise God. By the grace of God today, he's saved. But I had a wonderful friend in high school when I was not doing what I was supposed to do who came and he made sure that I was going to stop doing certain things that I was doing and he didn't even... And and I was a terrible witness to him. But 
praise God in the way that God just settles things, I was able to give my testimony to him in about 10 years. I don't know, it was very, uh, 10 years ago, how long ago? 10 years ago, I got a call at 3 in the morning from he and his wife saying, Brian, we've given our hearts to Jesus. <laughs> and what a glorious time it was. But there are some who are just doubting they need to be saved. Then do you notice he says, there are some who are needing to be snatched from the fire. There are some that are, it's more urgent. There are some that literally, they're on a course that is not good. And if they continue on the course, it's fire. And it says we need to make sure that we're about the mission of God. We need to make sure we're snatching them from the fire. Then the third one he talks about is those which we need to be very, very careful in reaching. It says there is a group that we need to be careful because we need to do it with mercy and fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. There are times when we're going to be reaching to people that are so deep into sin, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, trust me, the only reason we ourselves don't go there is by the Spirit of God. And so we have to be in the Spirit or they themselves will take us. This is serious warfare here. This is seriously being, Lord, this is where we need to be. And by the way, Matthew 28 is Jesus' instructions to the church when he left. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And while he said, I do, while you do this, I will be with you to the very end. So this is important, these next scriptures. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4. That is the one that talks about we don't uh, war, we don't fight like the world. Our weapons are powerful in God. That's in the spiritual realm. We need to be people praying in the Spirit. If we're ever to reach these people that are doubting and ones that are on a course where we need to snatch them quickly and others that we need to reach with fear, we need the Spirit of God to direct us. We need the Spirit of God to speak to us. Then Ephesians 6, 12 through 18 this talks about we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but I specifically want you to circle verse 18. Verse 18 is where the scripture says we need to be praying in the Spirit. In the Spirit. Yes, there's powerful prayers we can pray when we, with, with our words, and that's appropriate. But when you get to the point where you just don't know, pray in the Spirit of God. Pray in the Spirit. So the first is our person. The second, our ministry. This third one is the most exciting. There's only one who is able to make this happen. And it's not a chance. It's 100% guaranteed. It's 100%. 
We are not held together because we try to be religious, because we've come to church enough times, because somehow we've earned our way to God. There's one way that we will be kept. There's one way that all of this will happen, and it's because of what Jesus has done on the cross, and the Spirit of the living God is living in you. I didn't put the scripture verse up there, but write it down. Ezekiel 36. You've heard me talk about the scripture uh, since I've been here over and over again. Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. It is where God says, this is the covenant I'm going to do. I'm going to take out your old heart, hard heart, and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. And then I'm going to take out... You're, and I'm going to, then I'm, after taking that hard, hard heart out and giving you a new one, I'm going to place my spirit in you. This was talking about what was to come, but that has happened when Jesus came. And it is here that I will tell you, uh, the Holy Spirit is that deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Now, I know that. And I know that this uh, specific place, it's talking about him, okay, who is able. Jesus, by the blood. The blood is able. But I tell you, it is not for uh, without reason that God sent his Holy Spirit. It's because it's a deposit Jesus wasn't going to be here anymore, and he said, I'm going to give you a comforter. I'm going to give you one who will be with you always, and it is he who is able, he who is in you. The Bible says in 1 John, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's what Jude is talking about. He's saying, you, beloved, have a different spirit not a spirit of the world, not a natural charisma. It is the power of God. Hallelujah. The power of God in you. That's the difference. It's what makes us different in the world. It's what people need to see. He says that he will keep you from stumbling He will also make you or cause you to stand. Any of you wonder, you know what? I I had one of those frustrating weeks. And sometimes in your frustration, your flesh seems to sometimes get the best of you. I thank God on my worst day with Jesus, because of who he is, I am able because he will make me, cause me to stand. It is not by my righteousness, not because of what I've done. It is because of him. Hallelujah. It's because of him. He in you. By the way, that verse, Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 Make sure you, in fact, we're going to just turn to it. I have to. I want to read it to you. 
Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. Paul writing here says, In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise who is given as a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of His glory. That is that deposit of His Spirit in you. Now, I tell you that the Spirit of God is able, but I'm still saying to you, if you have not yet discovered the power of your prayer language and your personal prayer, it's time to unleash it. It's time to unleash it because it is here that you will be strengthened. And even in those moments where you say, I can't make it, he will be able to make you stand. And on that day, there will not be one person, not one, that stands before God because of anything other than the work of grace and that the Spirit of God is in them. So he says, and in case you wonder how he makes you stand, he says, I'll not only keep you from stumbling, that's hope for this life. He says, I'll make you be able to stand before him. That's when he comes Then he says, I'll do it with you being blameless and with joy. Do you understand that? If there's anyone that has a reason to think that he will be blamed, I'm telling you, I've done some rotten things in my life. But I'm telling you that because of the cross and the blood and God's spirit that he places in us, hallelujah, you can stand before him blameless because you have an advocate, Jesus, who goes to the Father. There's one mediator, the Bible says, between God and man, the man Jesus Christ. Then in Romans chapter 8, write that down, 31 through 39. This is where Paul writing says, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. How will he not along with him give us everything? Then he goes on to say, I am convinced. Are we convinced, Northlake? Convinced that neither death nor life nor principality or power, nothing here now or nothing to come, nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. Then Romans 8, 11. It is... One of my absolute favorites. I have so many favorites, but I'm telling you, my spirit speaks this over and into me all the time. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead 
lives in you, then he who raised Jesus from the dead will also quicken your mortal body. That's hope for now. That's hope for today. That's saying that you'll be able. I don't know what may happen, but I know this. He's able. Hallelujah. He's able. So I want to encourage you. We need to start leaning into the Spirit of God a whole lot more. We need to start relying on praying in the Spirit when we don't know. When you, when you just reach the end, when you say, Lord, I can pray something, but I don't know. Pray in the Spirit. Let me encourage you. If you're here and you've yet to receive the gift that God says he will give you of praying in tongues or, or the gift of tongues, I want you to know that according to the word of God, he said the gift is for you in Acts. He said it's for your children. And then he goes and says, it's for all who are afar off. But he didn't stop there. He then said, for anyone who calls on the name of the Lord. So tongues were for them. They were for their children. They were for everybody who was afar off. See, but we can't stop there. There was no period there. He said, for anyone who calls on the name of the Lord. That means it's available to you. I would encourage you, if you have not yet received, just come and say, Lord, I desire I want to pray in your spirit. I want to be able to know that you are interceding through me according to the will of God. It's powerful. It's powerful. It is in the spirit that things are going to happen. The word of God says in uh, Zechariah 4.6, Not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Zechariah 4.6 we are talking about a core value, the Holy Spirit, and I want you to unlock and unleash the power of God in your life by praying in the Spirit and His power. Bow your head with me.